I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Kings chapters 20 and 21. We were reading through 2 Kings until we came to the reign of King Hezekiah. Isaiah was his contemporary, and so we read some prophecies regarding the attempted Assyrian takeover in 701 B.C., and then we read the entire book of Isaiah with all of his prophecies. Now, today's passage, 2 Kings chapter 20, is paralleled over in Isaiah chapter 38. And so um, we're not going to read Isaiah 38, but if you're looking at the written notes of BibleTrack.org, you'll notice in the right column in, uh, in blue are the comparable passages, the parallel passages found in Isaiah. And then once we get to verse 12, then we move into Isaiah chapter 39. So that's today's reading. And um, when we get down to 2 Kings chapter 21, we'll have some more comments about parallel readings. 2 Kings chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which was good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, and they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shall thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. As I mentioned before we read these eleven verses, these are paralleled by Isaiah chapter 38, beginning with verse 1 and going all the way down through verse 22. In this passage, we see that Hezekiah is sick. He's real sick, almost dead, as a matter of fact. We see in verse 7 that Hezekiah had some sort of a boil. The Hebrew word translated boil there is used 13 times in the Old Testament. It's translated boil 11 times and botched two times in the King James Version. The skin disease of boils was one of the ten plagues brought by the Lord on Egypt back in Exodus chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. 
The Lord threatened boils if Israel chose not to obey him in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 27 and verse 35. We see these boils associated with leprosy in Leviticus chapter 13. And Job chapter 2, verse 7, that tells us that Job was covered with boils inflicted upon him by Satan. So Isaiah tells Hezekiah that he's not going to make it. But Hezekiah prays, prays hard. Notice how Hezekiah lays out his credentials before God in verse 3 as the basis for feeling a little short-changed on life expectancy. He had, in fact, been an exemplary king of Judah. If you look at the notes on Second Chronicles chapters 29 and 30, you'll see that. But he's dying at 39 years of age. As a result, God gives him 15 more years added to his life and promises him safety from Assyria. Well worth the effort, well worth the prayer, I'd say. After Isaiah prescribes a lump of figs for the boil, Hezekiah wants a sign that God will keep his promise. How about a miracle with the sun? Well, after a little negotiation with God regarding which way he wanted the sun to abnormally move, backward or forward, Hezekiah decides he'd like to go look at his dad's sundial. His dad was Ahaz. And he'd like to see the sun's shadow move back 10 degrees. That's some specific unit of measurement on the sundial. Since we don't have the details of the construction of the sundial, we don't know exactly how it was marked. Therefore, it's impossible to tell exactly how much of the day's sunlight was repeated on this occasion. But here's what we do know. God gave a sign of his promise to Hezekiah on the sundial that was definitive. So then Hezekiah tells everything he knows to the Babylonians. Now, we actually read this account in Isaiah chapter 39, but we're going to read it again in 2 Kings chapter 20, beginning with verse 12. And what you'll see is Isaiah 39, that account in blue in the written notes of BibleTrack.org in the right column. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 12. At that time, Baradoc Beladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened to them, and showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices, and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto king Hezekiah, and said unto him, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? And the rest of the acts of Hezekiah, and all his might, and how he made a pool and a conduit, and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his stead. Hezekiah was a trusting guy. When the Babylonians sent envoys with the we're glad you're well gifts, Hezekiah is just as pleased as he can be over how well he's known back over in Babylon. 
Uh, he shows them his whole operation, all his gold, silver, everything of value in Jerusalem. But when Isaiah discovers that Hezekiah has shown the chicken farm to the foxes, so to speak, he breaks the news to Hezekiah. Hezekiah, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have told him that. One day they'll come and take all your riches along with your people and your own descendants. That doesn't seem to phase Hezekiah, though. He says it's a good prophecy. And then he says, at least there'll be peace in my lifetime. Now that seems a little short-sighted to me. He was a great king of Judah, though. And verse 20 points out one of his major municipal improvement projects, running water to Jerusalem. Now, I've included an article entitled Hezekiah's Tunnel. It's right there in the written notes of BibleTrack.org. It's a remarkable story of how that he diverted the water from outside Jerusalem to inside Jerusalem. They dug it from two different directions and met in the middle. And by the way, there is even a picture, well, actually two pictures included, which show the tunnel as it sits today with an inscription on the inside of how excited the workmen were when they met in the middle. So it's well worth the look if you get an opportunity to look at the written notes of BibleTrack.org. By the way, this article, Hezekiah's Tunnel, is also found on the uh, topic section on the main page of BibleTrack.org. Give it a look. Then we have uh, Evil Manasseh. This is Hezekiah's boy. Where did his daddy go wrong? That brings us to 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 1 through 18. Now, incidentally, this is paralleled by 2 Chronicles chapter 33. We've already read that previously, but you'll see it in blue in the right column of the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today. So, let's read 2 Kings chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Hephzibah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, after the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. For he built up again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. And he reared up altars for Baal, and made a grove, as did Ahab king of Israel, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord said, In Jerusalem will I put my name. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he made his son pass through the fire and observe times and used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a graven image of the grove that he had made in the house, of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen, out of all tribes of Israel will I put my name forever. Neither will I make the feet of Israel move any more out of the land which I gave their fathers, only if they will observe to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they hearkened not, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake by his servants the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, hath done these abominations, and hath done quickly above all that the Amorites did, which were before him, and hath made Judah also to sin with his idols, therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such evil upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whosoever heareth of it, both his ears shall tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the line of Samaria, and the plummet of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipeth the dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. 
and I will forsake the remnant of mine inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become a prey and a spoil to all their enemies, because they have done that which was evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came forth out of Egypt, even unto this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another. Beside his sin wherewith he made Judah to sin in doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and all that he did and his sin that he sinned, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? And Manasseh slept with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his own house in the garden of Uzzah, and Ammon his son reigned in his stead. How could such a righteous king like Hezekiah have such a rotten son? He was really, really rotten. Rebuilt all the pagan altars once again, including altars to Baal and the Phoenician gods too. He even erected these pagan altars right there in the temple. But wait, there's more. He burned to death his own son on the pagan altars he erected. Manasseh was into fortune tellers, wizards, and mediums. He started reigning when he was 12 and reigned for 55 years, all bad, all the time. So how bad was he? Well, verse 9 says, Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. Now, that's pretty bad. Then come the prophets to prophesy against him. God's going to turn Jerusalem upside down and deliver them into the hands of their enemies, all because Manasseh led Jerusalem into such wickedness. Well, he dies finally. Now, Ezra, in writing to the exile, adds an addendum to the life of Manasseh. He got a second chance in life, but failed to make the most out of it. If you want to see the summary on Second Chronicles chapter 33, verses 10 through 20, there's a link to that page on the written notes of BibleTrack.org right here. It's most interesting that Manasseh's repentance is not reported by the author here of Second Kings. Perhaps that's because the evil that Manasseh had done prior to his capture by the Assyrians made it impossible for significant changes to take effect in Judah after his release. Now, if you look in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's reading, you'll see a summary of King number 14 of Judah from 695 to 642 B.C. That was Manasseh. The good in the last years of his life, he turned to God. This took place after his capture and release by the Assyrians. And that's recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 33, verses 13 down through verse 16. Well, the bad, of course, he was mostly all bad. And, uh, and that's recorded in Second Kings chapter 21, uh, beginning with verse 2, uh, down to verse 9. And then also in Second Chronicles chapter 33, from verse 2 down to verse 9 as well. Then we have the evil king Ammon. Like father, like son, in Second Kings chapter twenty-one, verses nineteen to twenty-six. Second Kings twenty-one nineteen. Now, by the way, this is paralleled in Second Chronicles chapter thirty-three, just five verses, verses twenty-one to twenty-five. Those are written in blue, not part of today's reading, but they're found in the right column of the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today. Second Kings twenty-one nineteen. Ammon was twenty and two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haraz of Jotbah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh did. And he walked in all the way that his father walked in, and served the idols that his father served, and worshipped them. And he forsook the Lord God of his fathers, and walked not in the way of the Lord. And the servants of Ammon conspired against him, and slew the king in his own house. 
And the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon. And the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And he was buried in his sepulcher in the garden of Uzzah, and Josiah his son reigned in his stead. Now this was Manasseh's son, and he only reigned two years, and he was all rotten as well. His servants killed him. Then the people killed the servants and put his eight-year-old son Josiah on the throne as the king of Judah. Have you noticed that while Israel's kings came from a half dozen or so more different family lines before the northern kingdom finally fell, that all of Judah's kings came from the same family, and that was from the line of David. That's one principle of prophecy the people of Judah adhered to faithfully, no matter how wicked they were at times, always maintaining the line of David. So if you look into the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, you see a summary of king number 15 over Judah from 642 to 640 B.C. And his name was Ammon. Good? Nope. He was all bad. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.BibleTrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.